Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Kat and JJ are not here on this episode, but we do have a special guest host for you. You know her as Elizabeth Nicole, host of the In Between podcast. I love listening to her podcast because who doesn't need a little help with their (laughs) mental health and everything else in between? Uh, You know, obviously, Real Hauntings, we talk about ghosts, but we do talk about mental health a lot. And I am really grateful that Kat brought Liz on a couple weeks ago and kind of introduced her to our world and she's kind enough to co-host with us tonight so liz thanks for coming on the podcast thanks so much hey it is my pleasure i love it i have a whole new set of friends so honestly you know you're helping me you know learn the ropes around this place so i appreciate it and also who doesn't love spooky stories yeah absolutely i hope people do that's that's why i'm here (laughs) so speaking of spooky stories i know that we have stories that really run the gamut of everything in between but jessica emailed us our guest tonight and her story did sound scary so scary in fact that i had talked to um i'd actually reached out to liz and one other person and the other person said that's too scary for me send it to liz i won't Uh, lie i told my husband i was like i may have nightmares tonight after this recording i'm not sure how it's gonna go he's like what do you what do you mean i was like i let him read it he was like oh damn okay okay let me know how that goes <laughs> and so after building that up, Jess uh, or Jessica, I should say, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks, guys. Absolutely. So, Jessica, what kind of made you want to write into Real Hauntings and share your story? Uh, honestly, I think I mentioned in my original email, I haven't really shared this story with anyone. I just, when I stumbled across your podcast and I, I get online all the time and kind of read different websites and articles trying to relate to other people's experiences kind of similar to mine and it really helped me feel validated in what I went through and experienced so I just kind of I actually work in mental health and I didn't realize you guys had a lot to do with mental health as well and that's kind of what made me want to put it out there and share it I guess and maybe help someone else's experience be a little validated Yeah, you know, that was a part of doing this podcast that I didn't realize that was going to happen. We have had several guests come on and say, you know, hey, I started listening to your podcast and I felt like it was such a safe space to come on and share my story Mm -hmm. because I heard X, Y, and Z episode of people who seemed like fairly, you know, normal everyday people that had these ghost stories who went through very similar experiences I did. And I've shared this before, but I mean, I recently went home and it is amazing how once you bring up ghost stories, how many people you don't expect to be like, let me tell you my story. And it ranges everywhere from kind of funny to really, really scary to uplifting and kind of wholesome. So, you know, much like the uh, great hosts of My Favorite Murder always say, ask your family about murders. We always say, ask your family about ghosts because you you never know who will have a great story. Well, Jess, you know, we like to find out on the Believometer, probably the goobiest thing we do on our podcast. <laughs> Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? 115. 
that's uh nice. that's that's breaking the scale yeah yeah wow it's like going <laughs> off the rails right now for sure yeah 115 at least minimum oh my gosh well did did your experiences start young or did they build as you got older or where does kind of your origin story begin um no actually the first experience i had was back in 2007 and i've had a few since then um but it was always things i kind of wrote off as kind of funny or comical as you put it um or coincidental it was after people like my father my grandmother and friends had passed away and i just kind of always connected it to them kind of maybe letting me know hey i'm still here you know um but definitely what i wrote into you about uh, in 2019 was the other end of the spectrum um it was really traumatizing and a little horrific to be quite honest so yeah, it's nothing I've ever experienced before. And I haven't since, thank God. Yeah, it was, it was different. Were you yeah, going I, through anything particular in your life at the time? Maybe you can get into details of it, but like, were you going through a transition, maybe a higher point, a lower point? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's really funny you ask that actually. Um, I was. So I was in a pretty serious relationship that had ended about six months before it started. Um, he came back into my life about six months after the breakup. I let him back in and it started immediately. Ooh, it's like goosebumps. Uh, like immediately um, and ended just as quick as it began as soon as uh, we broke up again for the second time. He didn't ghost you, did he? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Uh, kind of the first time we broke up, was a little bit. Um, we were together for a few years and it was a pretty traumatic breakup to be quite honest. And it took me a few months to pick myself back up and put myself back in a good space and get back on my feet. And the second I did, he kind of reared his ugly head and I let him back in. And that's when all of it kind of began. Interesting. And then you're saying it stopped as soon as you cut, like you ended things again. Immediately. Ooh. So are you a believer in energy and attachments? Do you believe that this individual had some kind of negative attachment to him? I honestly don't know if I would call it an individual, to be honest. Um, but whatever it was, I think did not want him around at all and made that very known. Wow. Well, yeah, let's um, let's jump right into it. Why don't you share your story with us? Oh, God, I don't even know it again. Um, like I said, it was 2019. Um, we had just gotten back together and we'd been together for a few weeks. And it was his first night back in my apartment that I feel like is kind of an integral part of the story. I'd lived in this apartment for a few years at this point and nothing like this had ever happened. It was his first night back in the apartment with me and we were watching a movie on the couch and I was on one end and he was on another part of the sectional. And I looked up and there were these three huge claw marks is the best way to describe it um, in the wall right behind his head where he was sitting. I kind of got his attention and said, what is, what is that? It looked like a tiger had cut through the drywall on my wall, to be quite honest. Um, I took a picture of it because I honestly didn't think anyone was going to believe me if I told them the story. And he was a little freaked out, but we just kind of wrote it off. Didn't really have an explanation for it. Finished the movie, went to bed, woke up the next morning, and they were gone. The wall was smooth, like nothing had ever even been there. So things kept occurring little by little over the next couple of months. Um, everything from furniture moving across the room within a foot second. I mean, like heavy oak dresser would go from one side of the room to the other or be turned around. 
Um, I called my stepfather at one point a few weeks into it. He's very religious, very devout Catholic. Um, he brought over a couple of rosaries for me, refused to come into the apartment. And I hung them off of the headboard on my bed, and which is ironically where my boyfriend would always put his hat before he went to bed. And I was laying in bed one night, couldn't sleep. I was reading something on my phone. He was down asleep next to me. Um, and all of a sudden his hat just picked up off the headboard and like an invisible person was there and picked it up and threw it across the room. And then the rosary followed. And this was right in front of you guys in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The yeah. picture, do you still have that picture of the claw marks? I was going to ask, did the claw, did that go away when? No, I still have it. It's on, I've had about four phones, <laughs> but I do still Jeez. have it on my old iPhone. Yeah. So, but wow. it still showed. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So when this is happening, you know, we hear a lot of people talk about a gut feeling or, you know, a lot of us have experienced that sensation. I would say at a basic level when you're in traffic and you feel the person next to you looking over and then you look over and you have that awkward moment of pretending <laughs> like both of you aren't staring at each other. Did you have any feelings of, of energy one way or the other in the room when this was taking place? I didn't, which is, it's really funny you say that. Um, I had mentioned previously back in 2007, I had my first real experience. Um, I did with that one. I felt, it, it felt like someone was standing right in front of me. I was in the shower when it happened for the first time. Mm -hmm. Washing my hair and my eyes closed. And it felt like all of a sudden there was someone physically right in front of me, like just standing right in front of me. And then the light on above the mirror on the vanity blew out and I just kind of wrote it off. I didn't think anything of it. And then weird little things would happen. The bathroom door would open or close on its own when I was home alone. And to kind of, I think at that point, placate my nerves a little bit. Um, I named whatever or whoever it was. Um, I named him Brian. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Just named him Brian. A couple weeks later, this was back in the era of house phones. So um, the house phone rang one day and it was just a telemarketer call. And they asked to speak to Brian. Yeah. I bet, his, I bet yeah. He, he was Brian. I bet he was like somehow channeling that through you or something. I mean, I get chills talking about stuff. No, I am um, covered in chills right now, just so you know. <laughs> I'm so I, I, Did you name him Brian before or after that happened? The phone call? Yeah. Weeks before. Ooh. Weeks <laughs> before. And I think I did it because I just wanted... It made me feel better. Um, yeah, I, I could worked see nights. That. My boyfriend at the time worked days, so I was home alone a lot during the day. And that's when a lot of this would occur, not when he was around, but when I was there alone. And it just made me feel better at the time, I think, to have a name to whoever it was. And, you know, the door would open or something would happen. They're like, okay, Brian, you know, and it just made me feel better. And then that yeah. phone call came in and it freaked did, me out. Did that increase the amount of activity in the home? It didn't actually, it kind of subsided a little bit after that. I only had one more experience in that apartment after that phone call. It was, we lived, this, this all happened back in the Northeast in Vermont and the house we lived in at the time only had four apartments in it and upstairs, two of my best friends lived. And my boyfriend at the time um, had come home and said he was going to go upstairs and play PlayStation with our friend upstairs. And I said, that's fine. And I kind of took a nap, fell asleep, woke up, it was dark out. Went back to sleep and felt my boyfriend, you know, like someone leans on the bed next to you or sits down, the bed kind of compresses down. And I felt mm -hmm. the bed go down and I felt him lean over me. 
and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know I'm here. I said, okay, you know, I'll get up in a few minutes. And I got up and the house was dark and he wasn't there. So I texted them and said, I thought you were home. And he goes, I haven't been home. I've been upstairs this whole time. And I thought he was messing with me. And he, I went upstairs and he swore he was never in the apartment to the day we were together for 10 years to the day we broke up before that wasn't him he wasn't in the apartment and it was his voice and it was him and I felt him on the bed and he told me I was crazy so I didn't really repeat the story too much after that so you felt a physical mass that spoke to you that sounded like him yeah posing as him i was gonna say and that was like the so it was the phone call and then that experience happened and then it stopped i wonder if the phone call was a way of brian validating you like to make you know that you weren't crazy or something like you know i'm not gonna go into the realm of like how the connection happened if you're just like right place right time you're a good person so you know maybe there's a friend there i have no idea but that's what that tells me because if that was going on and i'm like okay alice got it and then someone calls me asking for alice in the time before your phones listened to your conversations, I'd be right. like, what the heck? <laughs> so yeah. I wonder if that was like a validation in a way. Yeah, I've never really question. thought of it that way. Yeah. Just curious. How kind of him to make you feel crazy and then validate you. That you're <laughs> That's what crazy. I'm saying. You know, maybe yeah. Brian was a nice ghost. I don't know. Clearly you're perceptive. You know, you're connected in that sense. Like you're in touch with yourself, your energy. Is there anything like, or at least if you know your family that has experiences like that, have you talked to them about it? I'm just, I'm just curious if like, you've ever talked to your family about things like this or they've talked to you, you know, like, Oh, uncle Jim, you know, he has that one story. I don't know. No, 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 no one in my family. And to be perfectly honest, I haven't really shared it with a lot of people in my family. My dad, I shared a few things with, um, he was, him and I were very close and he was the one person in my life, the one constant about would never judge me. And, you know, he would kind of be like, are you sure that happened? But he never <laughs> judged me about it. But no, no one, as far as I know, in my family has ever experienced anything close to what I have. Mm. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. And you said the there were claw marks on the wall. Was that the only time that things felt violent the first time you and your boyfriend were together? No. Um... I woke up to the same three claw marks on my stomach one day, which I also took a picture of and still have. Um, and when you when you say the same, can you kind of describe to us what that means? Yeah, I mean, as far as what they look like or... Yeah, I mean, what, was it like the same uh, length and diameter or, or what made you feel like it was the no, same? They weren't the same length at all. Um, the ones on the wall were quite literally from one side of the wall to the other on that section wow. of the wall. When I say it looks like a tiger just reached up and clawed my wall, I, the best way to maybe describe it and put a visual to it. Um, the ones on my stomach were obviously a lot smaller, um, but they were pretty, pretty good size, um, pretty deep. There were, I mean, I woke up, I had two shirts on. Um, I had a pink top and a t-shirt on and there was no holes in either shirt. And I had those three marks on my stomach and dried blood. I mean, it looked like I'd gotten into a fight with somebody, quite honestly. You could like feel it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It didn't look like something that could have been caused by a human, right? I mean, you felt like it had to be some something other. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. For sure. So when did they when did they go away? Was it like you woke up once you noticed them? You were, you know, was it quick or was it like something you carried all day? Um, I'd say about like a week or two for them to mm. heal and actually go away. Yeah. And what did your boyfriend think about that? Um, that I actually kind of hid from him and never really shared with him. At that point, I was a little terrified, didn't really understand what was happening. And I just didn't want someone to tell me I was crazy or oh, try to I'm come sure. up with some logical excuse for what I was experiencing that I knew wasn't what was actually happening and try to invalidate what I was going through and experiencing. So that I hid very well from him for about two weeks um, and actually never shared that part with him. And did you ever reach out to try to get validation from a priest or a medium or somebody who specializes in that field? I did. Yeah, I actually reached out to both on the advice of both. <laughs> um, I researched paranormal investigators and researchers in New York State. That's where I was close to at the time and found one that seemed pretty reputable. So I reached out to him through email first and he said he wanted to talk to me immediately. So I gave him my number and he called me that day. 
And I spent a good hour, hour and a half on the phone with him telling him my whole experience. And he was quite blown away by it, to be honest. Um, I think he thought I was maybe exaggerating or kind of repeating the storyline to a movie I had just watched at first. And he told me to call a priest in my town and see what the priest advised, which I did immediately after I hung the phone with him. And the priest told me to call a paranormal investigator. I said, I just hung up with him and he told me to call you. How did you decide on what priest to call? I find that really interesting. Um, I just called the priest at a local church in town that I was affiliated with. Okay. I didn't know if, and the only reason I ask is because I think stereotypically, we go to Catholic priests, not right. physically, I mean, mentally, like when we think about hauntings right. and stuff. So I didn't know if that was the direction you took or not. It was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, it was. And so they're kind of ping ponging you back and forth. Were either of them ever able to help you or did they just kind of sidestep it all together? Um, yes and no. So they were very willing, both of them, to to come and meet with me and talk to me and, and help in any way they could. And I actually ended up moving out of that apartment very quickly after that and actually moving across the country. And was that move, and just to clarify too, so I understand the timeline, at mm -hmm. this point, is this the second time you've now gotten back with, or the, the time that you've gotten back with the boyfriend, or is this still in that first dating cycle? No, it was the second time. It was after we had gotten back together. Okay. And when you decided to move across the country, was that at the end of the relationship or were you still together? It was at the end of it. Okay. Do you feel like the paranormal activity had any influence over the relationship you were in? Um, as far as it ending or? Just, I mean... I guess because when I hear these stories that involve a relationship, it, it usually seems like they go one or two ways. Either the relationship seems to impact the amount of paranormal activity or the paranormal activity has like a big impact on the relationship. The former, for sure. Okay. Yeah. That is so So it started as soon as you got back together and it ended as soon as you mm -hmm. broke it up. So after you woke up with the claw marks on your stomach, did anything else happen or was that the last huge thing? One other big thing to me at least happened. I mean, I, little things would occur constantly, doors opening and closing, knocking on the walls. Um, and when I say knocking, I don't mean a little knock, knock. I mean, like someone's fist is banging on the wall, you know, four or five, six times in a row. Um, but the only other thing that was really horrifying to me was the day after that happened, I called my stepfather again and he brought me over um, a necklace rosary that had a cross on it. And like I said, I worked nights at the time. So I was a bartender and I went to take a nap that day before work and I had the necklace on and I woke up in bed and it was in bed next to me, um, kind of just in the middle of the sheet. And the chain had been snapped, like someone had grabbed it and just ripped it off my neck and it broke. Wow. Yeah. So do you feel like it was a dark entity that was doing these things to you? I do now. I didn't at first. You know, one of my best friend is the only one I really talked to about it at the time. And I wouldn't even talk to her in the apartment about it because I felt like whoever, whatever this was, was listening to me and kind of fed off that fear that I had from it 
And when I kind of announced verbally out loud that I was afraid of it, that's kind of when the activity picked up a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I would go outside and I talked to her about it. And my dad had passed away at this point and a few other people um, in my life, family and friends that I was close with. And, you know, she kind of joked one day and said, you know, it's your dad or it's so-and-so, you know, they don't want you back with him and they're trying to get him out. And then the more, I mean, violent and traumatic things that happened, even she said, I don't think any of these people would want to scare you or hurt you to try and push him out of your life. I don't think it's, it's anyone that you know that's past. So after that, yeah, I kind of became a little convinced it was something a little darker. So Liz, you, you've, you know, I remember you coming on the podcast, you uh, have some belief in the supernatural. What, how does it make you feel hearing a story where somebody was physically assaulted by something in the spiritual realm. Terrified. Yeah. But I'm also wondering if like that, whatever this demon entity was, was following him, like attached to him in a way, you know, like not, not that it's a spirit guide. I mean, I, and we don't get into this, but like, I don't know what, if, if he was a really horrible person, you know, or he had demons, it's like he had literal demons. You know what I mean? interesting i've never heard it presented that way before ever that's interesting and and kind of to piggyback off of that have you spoken to him since all this happened to see if maybe he's still having things happen to my not i have spoken to him a couple of times after i left um i'm in chicago now so when i moved from the northeast to chicago we spoke a handful of times when i first moved here uh, we have not spoken since, but to my knowledge, nothing occurred to him solely. It was just him witnessing the things that were occurring to me in that apartment when he came back into my life. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's like a chemistry equation. The two of you get together and it opens up some kind of portal to... <laughs> the scratchy ghost. I don't know. That's, that's super freaky. Yeah. I, I appreciate you sharing that with yeah. us. I can tell just from your body language language that that's not an easy. No, it's trauma. To, it's like a, yeah. for sure. And I understand how scary it is because you've, you've already admitted so many times how you were fearful to even talk about this. Cause you were, you didn't want to be invalidated and that, and that's an intense like thing that happened to you. Things plural and I can't imagine having to feel like after going through that even like realizing holy shit did I just go through that and then having to be like well no one's gonna believe me and then having to hold that and then you already have the traumatic experience oh I just want to like wrap my arms around you (laughs) just like squeeze you yeah I mean there were definitely times when I was going through it it was almost like trying to convince myself at some point that it was really happening and it was real and it, it was almost like I was almost trying to invalidate myself a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and that was really scary to me too. But yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I think it, one of the hardest things with all of this is that if, if you accept that that's real, then it's, you know, what else can happen? And, right. you know, yeah. thankfully it sounds like that period is over for you and hopefully you don't have any more of those negative experiences how has that influenced your life as you've moved forward have you become more religious or spiritual do you try to kind of avoid all that together or has it had any impact on you as you move forward um 
interesting question. I've always been, I grew up in the church and I've always been spiritual and religious to some extent. Um, I, I fought with my spirituality and religion for a long time after my father passed away. Um, I was pretty angry at the world, to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, I think after that experience specifically, I definitely got back in touch with my spirituality and religion a little bit more for sure. Um, but I luckily haven't had any experiences, at least in a negative way, since I left the Northeast and moved to Chicago. Um, had experiences, but nothing, nothing negative and nothing traumatizing. Thank so it's back to the positive kind of presences and the Bryans. <laughs> yes, the Bryans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And- and so you said you've you've had some other experiences. Have they been of like the door opening variety, things kind of moving around or what? Can you give us kind of a generalization of what's happened? Um, nothing like that. No, nothing physical um, has happened in that sense. Um, more just kind of sensing things. Um, you know, my dad and like I said, a few family members and friends that I was very close with that have passed, um, just kind of making their presence known to me in a very light, friendly, happy way, which is nice. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, I'm glad you've had yeah. some po- positive experiences. After that, it's, you yeah. know, I've, I've really gotten to where I enjoy the show called Evil on Paramount Plus, And they depict, it's almost freaky, like how similar some of the stories they predict are to what we've had on our podcast. Not saying that anybody mm-hmm. like a showrunner listen to the podcast. I think more so it's just there's so much commonality in the supernatural and supernatural storytelling. It's almost made me become a little more I don't know. I, I hate to say religious because the show involves a Catholic priest who's like doing exorcisms. That sounds so hokey. But it's really opened up my mind to see how to hear so many of these stories and then to see it play out in, you know, a, a well done medium. So I can't imagine if it has that effect on me and I'm not experiencing it um, yeah. physically. I can't imagine what it would be like for you to go through something like that. So again, I mean, thank you for coming on. Is is there anything else you wanted to share with us? No, I hope you feel I, validated, by the way. I, do, I hope you feel validated. You. I do. Thank you so much. And I just hope that, you know, it helps someone else feel validated like it did for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be thinking about this one for quite Same. some time. I'm to going to come. be thinking about you, Jessica. I'm be thinking, you know, Jessica, I hope you're still thriving on your path to healing and just being the best version of you forever and ever and ever and ever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. You're very sweet. Thank you. It was nice meeting you guys and I appreciate you letting me come on and kind of share. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And Liz, for the real haunters that are thinking about you, I don't know why that's so creepy. Um, (laughs) How can they find your podcast and your social media to to listen to what you have going on? Well, if you need a uh, pick me up or, you know, a little pep in your step and some positive motivation in the quirkiest, weirdest way, then check me out on the In Between podcast. You can find me on Instagram at in.betweenpod or on TikTok, the In Between podcast, but definitely hit me on Instagram. TikTok is kind of foreign, so not so great on that one. But... Come on, Liz, start doing <laughs> the Gen Z dances. You can get oh, I try. 
It took me 30 minutes just to do the captions one time, and I was like, good grannies. I am out of my element here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Um, so with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Liz Cheney. I'm Jessica. Ooh. <laughs> Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.